Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. This is episode 554. Today is Wednesday, July 6th. Uh, I am your host this week, Joey Burcino, and joining me is Mr. Bob Ryer. I hope we're okay. There's still nitwits shooting our fireworks around here. <laughs> uh, Aaron Amos is also here. I'm in BC. I can't guarantee their fireworks. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, it's Three's Company tonight. Woo-hoo! Here on the podcast, Steve's got some, um, well, he's got some very happy things going on in his family. He's a, he's a uh, midwife, right? He's a, <laughs> <laughs> he's a doula. He's a, yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> and John's up John's up discovering himself in the uh, in the great, great north, as it were. Did he too. bicycle all the way up there? I bet he did. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's me and Bob and Aaron today. We got a lot to talk about. Tons of comics this week. A big week for um, big week upcoming, rather, for comics related media. We got Thor Love and Thunder opening this weekend. Ooh. Uh, the boys finale this Friday, Ms. Marvel episode five, two. Um, if you caught episode four, holy man, big things. Yeah. A lot of crazy, wonderful things happening there. End of episode five had me like, uh, sorry. End of episode four had me like, give me episode five right now. What a cliffhanger. They really gave it to us there. Um, but let's start with, um, Let's start with Thor, since that's the big thing coming this weekend. Uh, so Thor Love and Thunder, directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, this is the quad, quad, quadricle, fourquel. Four first one, right? <laughs> first, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> in the MCU. Oh, oh, no, I suppose Avengers Endgame. Well, solo character. The, solo character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we got Thor, Chris Hemsworth coming back. But as you know from the... Uh, the trailers and marketing and everything. Uh, Natalie Portman is returning as well. So we have that storyline. Christian Bale, everybody's coming. Um, I have my tickets for Thursday. I know, Bob, you said you had your tickets oh, for Thursday yeah. as well. Six o'clock Thursday, going right up into town to see this. I'm cautiously optimistic. My mm. complaints about Ragnarok are well known. I thought the mixture of really deeply serious. I just watched it again. And my, uh, my complaints were lessened slightly, but there's still, I, I don't know. that There are two great movies there. There's the fun adventure of Thor and Hulk and the Collector, and there's this deep stuff with Hela and death and murder. And if we're going Jane Foster and we go to Jason Aaron, I hope he can pull this off. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm I, not seeing be, it. Really? You're not seeing it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not seeing the Jason Aaron route is what I'm saying. Oh, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. I don't. You're not seeing trailer. that. 
Right. I, don't, I don't see anything giving me any hint that there's going to be that level of heart and and attention focused. You would have to focus to be able to tell that story well. You would have to really have a whole Natalie Portman movie, just mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Yeah. You can't wow. squeeze it in there. There's no way to squeeze it in there and do it justice. Next to well, the screaming also, goats and yeah, right. <laughs> it's clocking in. I think at a, a relatively quick runtime. Yeah. I think it's at two hours. Um, look, I, I'm kind of with you on that, um, Bob and Aaron too. I I I love Taika Waititi's work. Let me make that clear. You know, Hunt for the Wilder People, what we do in the shadows. Boy is incredible. If you haven't seen that, Jojo movies do so. Jojo Jojo Rabbit, of course. Um, Thor Ragnarok for me, I think, I as we've discussed many, many times on the show, is fun, and I won't take that away. It is bonkers at times, and I won't take that away from it. Um, I think it goes, it reaches for the joke too often, um, and it it did it did those supporting characters dirty, and uh, yeah. I really love the Warriors three, you know, and and I I am not surprised at the reviews that are coming in. Um, you know, I, I'm scrolling through the spoiler-free stuff. Of course, I don't want to be spoiled on it. I'm sure there's surprises in the film, but a lot of the reviews have been saying kind of what I thought too. You know, I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a good time, but I'm seeing you know comments around the tone. I'm seeing comments around the kind of inability to juggle as many plots and characters as it tries to do. I'm seeing comments around its kind of audacity and boldness, which I think the movie will have just like Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. had, but whether it executes those, I think is always up in the air. Um, The thing that I loved about that first Thor movie. And, and again, I know that I'm kind of in the, in the back wall here when it comes to the Thor movies, because I know everyone or most, a lot of people love Ragnarok. Um, and I'm not going to take that away from you, but I really love the first movie. Me the first too. movie is one of my favorite MCU films. And I think Branna is also, that movie is also very funny. And I think very, um, it plays that fish out of water stuff really well, but there's a sincerity to it and a pathos to it that I think, that Ragnarok kind of reached into the irony too much and, and you lose some of that pathos and you lose some of that emotion now and in that heart that Aaron was talking about. So I'm going in, like you said, cautiously optimistic. Um, I love the characters. I'm love the director. I eager to see how it goes, but a friend of mine asked like, what do you think? How do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to be good? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be good. It's an MCU film. And they they know how to tell good stories. Um, but as someone who's familiar with that story or familiar with the, the potential of those characters, mm-hmm. I do wonder how it's going to be executed. Yeah. As Aaron says, yeah. that that's a whole Jane Foster trilogy all in itself. And, and maybe it will be, who knows? I wouldn't, wouldn't mind that. But as you said, Joey, with, with the original Thor, his arc within that, when you get to the point where spoiler alert for a movie from whatever it is, 10 years ago, he, he sacrifices himself in front of the destroyer to give everyone time to get away. And he's laying there and the hammer shows up and he re-armors up and he's alive again. That was a special moment right there. Mm-hmm. It was really well done by Kenneth Branagh, as well as, look, obviously, as, a, as someone who did lots of Shakespeare, 
lean into the King Lear of Odin and his kids and the rest. Of it. Brilliant. Just brilliantly done. Right director, right time. Ragnarok is, I can say, it's fun. I don't think all of it was a, should have been fun, but. Mm-hmm. crossing my fingers going Thursday night six o'clock first show I can get to having a big popcorn though they serve a if you buy for $25 you can get a giant Mjolnir with filled with popcorn oh really yep, yep. interesting like like that Doctor Strange thing that I yeah, had, the box the right the, right this is yeah. now the, this is the hammer you can get a hammer filled with popcorn yeah. Also, by the way, oh, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go. I'm, I mean, I'm going to try to go this weekend, but obviously I have to be careful of being in big crowds and all that stuff uh, these mm-hmm. days. But uh, going back to your point, I, I have to think about this. So I liked Thor Ragnarok a lot when I saw it. And then I'm trying to remember the timeline correctly. And I think I remember. And then I saw Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like the 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 Thor as the butt of the jokes ran its course for me. Mm-hmm. Cheese whiz, right? Yeah, and, and, joke and after that, joke after joke. Yeah. And then that shifted the way. Had that been something for me anyway? Had that been something that that humor? Thor is the, the the focus of humor to that extent been contained in Thor Ragnarok uh, and then give him the weight that he deserves in the other ones. Because, yeah, even in Avengers, even in the first Avengers, he had the humor, as you guys said before, in, in the other movies, he, there was humor there. Mm-hmm. But he was more the straight man, um, sort of unwillingly knowing that unwilling unwittingly being funny then he sort of became the now granted we all know that depending on where you are in Thor's timeline he could be a you know as, as he's young before getting the hammer he can be a bit of a jerk and he can be a bit of a all those things that we're talking about we didn't enjoy in in Ragnarok but because of all the other things that we had seen happen you know, over the time of the the birth of the MCU and then it's, you know, toddler years and then it's, you know, adolescent years. You know, we I didn't expect that much. And so as I've said in the in the past, I didn't like Fat Thor. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the literal jumping of the shark. So now that informs how I look at the trailers for this Thor. And all I see is leaning into Thor being basically either Wayne or Garth from Wayne's World. <laughs> and that bothers me a little bit. But it's still a Marvel movie, so I'm going to go see it, which means that we're as much of the problem as anyone else. But, sure. you know, I accept that. Well, the thing that I'm really wondering if we're going to see, and a lot of the interviews and commentary leading up to it might actually indicate this, is I wonder how much of this is actually going to be Chris Hemsworth Thor's movie. Um, if there, if this is a movie that is phasing him out, right? Cause you have Valkyrie, you have Natalie Portman, you have these characters that are, I think have a really rich story to tell. I'm wondering if the Thor, Chris Hemsworth Thor is kind of just the vehicle for that. Um, and he is kind of taking that backseat. I don't know. There's a lot of questions around this one. I'm excited to see it. 
uh, I'm un- I'm not surprised at the reviews that have been coming out, um, but it doesn't make me want to see it any less, as it were. I will say, of all of them, he's the only one that I could see continuing to appear in as many aspects of the character, I mean, in as many aspects of many phases of the MCU as you can come up with, primarily because, you know, if they follow suit with, he's immortal. Mm-hmm. So if you follow suit, you know, he could he could pop up anywhere. You know, he could be old man Thor. He could be, you know, he could he could come back and he's got the he's got the most bandwidth to 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 exist in this world of of any of the other characters so far. So I could sort of see mm-hmm. him, even if we phase him out, I could sort of see him still being around and in that space for a long time. Sure. You know, and like, fun. I, and like I said, because he can be old man Thor. You know, yeah. you, you, you could be way in the future and way in the, you know, the past. You could, you know, so I've read something recently where, you know, hmm. Odin bring, was hanging out with the Eternals. I'm just saying. Hey, bring the granddaughters oh. in. Go way in the future. Do that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that would be so fun if, like, they phase Hemsworth out with Thor 4, right? And then three or four years from now, whenever they finally get to the Kang endgame. They do some timey wimey jump way into the future, yeah. and you got old man Chris Hemsworth there playing old man Odin at the end of time, and uh, the young Avengers got to go ask him for help. That'd be yeah. a ton of fun. Like <laughs> we it. wrote it here. Yes, we <laughs> wrote it. Trademark. Here. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> there it is. Um. All right. Great. So yeah, I'll see it on Thursday too. I'm going a little bit later. So Bob, I think you'll be the first okay. person to see it. Congratulations. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, next week on the show, we'll, we'll be talking about um, talking about our reactions. So when you get a chance to see it, let us know. Uh, all the other thing that came out this week was Paper Girls trailer dropped last week. Paper Girls, big, big fans here on the podcast, favorite of the show. Um, premieres July 29th and we finally got a full trailer. Uh, for the show i didn't know ali wong was going to be in this show but all right that's yeah. cool um it, it to, for me it looks very cool i got a lot of the energy of the book i was surprised i felt it felt like in the trailer it felt like the first 20 issues of the book yeah and i was like i, I was like how far are we go- how long is this season how far are we going um so i don't know i'm very excited for it uh, Amazon Prime doesn't have a lot of material going for it. I think it is stepping up. They had a couple of big, big out breakout shows this year. They got the Lord of the Rings thing coming. The Boys, obviously, that that season is ending um, this week. Um, I will say the only thing that bothers me about the trailer, and it bothers me anytime I see it, and it has nothing to do with the Paper Girls. Is at the very top of the trailer. It says based on the graphic novel yeah. by Brian Gavon and Cliff Chang, and I'm like, nope. Based on the thirty some odd issue yeah. comic series. What is yeah. what is what is, the, what is the what is it? It's 2022. We've been like the MCU is the biggest media franchise on the block and they still just refuse to say based on the comics series like i I just don't understand why that language is still a thing but anyway it looks fun to me the cast looks great um i'm very excited to see it um bob did you have any reactions to yeah loved every second of it it's as if it came right off the page 
But as you say, it's it's two thirds of the way through the book. We're seeing events that we know happen way down the line, but that we get. I don't want to spoil too much for you. We, we we get we get extra characters from different places. Those different timelines. The the effects look really good. The ideas are bringing in the timey wimey stuff that's so a part of this. They're leaning into it. Uh, look. As, as, as someone says, you know, we're paper girls, so we stick together. That's, that's the essence of the book. No matter what their differences were, those four girls, they were there for each other. It took some doing a lot of times. But the, the, the camaraderie between the four that starts out rocky, we, we even have that little arc within the trailer. Love this, can't wait. And I, does Amazon Prime put out discs, physical media when they're done? Uh, I think it's just based on the show. I don't know if it's necessarily an Amazon focus okay. thing, but yeah. I think so. I don't know. That's something I'm going to want to watch over and over and over again. I don't want to keep having to pay Amazon for it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, you just watched it. I just watched it. Yeah. I. You know what? Here's the funny thing. When I pulled it up, I was like, wait, how do I, where, what happened? Where do I set this? And then as soon as I saw the characters come on screen, I was like, they all came flying back into my brain. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm here. I'm, I'm back mm-hmm. now, um, and I got really excited. It, it seemed really fun. I, um, you know, I, I am impatient when it comes to that stuff. I sort of want it all now. Uh, I, I am the one guy who is always like, I don't necessarily want to have everything go week to week. I'd rather be able to sit down and watch everything at once. So, you know, when I see stuff like that that gets me excited, I, I want to have it in front of me, you know, in the moment. I'm very excited about it. I'm very, very excited mm-hmm. about it. It looks like they're doing it justice. It looks like they are okay, I will say the same things I said, you know, about my concern of when I, that I had about, you know, um, the now defunct uh, what is it? Oh, gosh. Uh, what were they? Twins. Wonder Twins. Uh, the now defunct Wonder Twins. Don't see Debify it. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't make everyone these you know twenty eight year old supermodels playing sixteen year olds and or fourteen year olds rather. Um, and it, I was so happy to see real kids. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. looked like real kids and real kids that look so very similar to the the art, which is, again makes me believe that they really care about you know yeah. what's going to come out there and how that story is going to be told. When um, which one? KJ, KJ is that her name? Mm-hmm. When she when she came on screen in the in the in the windbreaker and with the with the field, field hockey, hockey stick. Yep, yep. I was like, that looks right out of the comic. So mm-hmm. my one thing about the visuals is that artwork is so colorful and vibrant and energetic. And I'm wondering if the TV show can capture that because in the trailer, it was a lot of like a lot of brown and a lot of explosions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, again, is like a lot of TV shows do that now. It's a lot of dark, a lot of intense, and it loses some of that that color vibrancy. So I don't know. That's the one thing I'm going to be watching out for. Um, I'm assuming that they'll probably drop two, three episodes on, on July 29th and then go week to week. That's what they did with the boys and that's what they did with the Wheel of Time. So we'll see. Um, that'll get people into some of the deeper aspects of the story. That Yeah, that would help. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. That's at the end of the month. That's July 29th. Woo-hoo. Future robots, right. I'm in. <laughs> All right. 
Are y'all ready? Yes. Aaron's still writing his notes, so no. we won't make him go first. Okay. Perfect. Uh, you know what? You hit me just in time. Huh. Uh, I, I'll go first. Whoa. I wasn't here last week. See, yeah, you I like that? You're just trying to keep me down. I know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. All right. Shazadam. All right, here we go. Uh, let me talk first about... I'll talk first about public domain. Number one, this was an image book. This was originally published through Substack, uh, written and illustrated by Chip Zdarsky. This is one of his series. Um, this is a series about a character named, well, this series is about uh, an artist named Sid Dallas, who is responsible for one of the greatest comic book heroes, The Domain. Um, flash forward to now, 2022, and his sons, Miles and David, have a very complicated relationship with both their father and that creation, the domains, I want to say seventh movie is premiering. Uh, and, you know, Sid, the father is invited to go to the movie premiere and he's going to get $5,000 and a thank you, of course, for this multi-billion dollar thing. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, Chip mentions it's an alternate reality thing. You know, this kind of thing doesn't happen in real life, of course. Um, uh, and, you know, the book, I was surprised. I read it because Chips and Darcy's name was on it, and I didn't really know what it was going to be about. But the book is surprisingly moving. It's surprisingly emotional and kind of sincere about Sid's relationship with the character that he created, his joy at seeing the character on the screen, and his kind of acceptance that he was the artist. And it's actually the writer who's the more famous person, right? Of course, his son, our main character, Miles, is a little bit more um, upset about that. And there's a huge twist at the end of the first issue that's going to complicate that relationship uh, significantly. So it's very cool to see Chip take a very real issue that we've talked about on the show frequently about who gets credit. And as these things become multi-billion dollar franchises, um, who gets compensated for that and who gets credit for that, takes that very real kind of issue and turns it into a very moving and emotional story here in public domain. It's also uh, wonderful to see Chip Zdarsky's artwork. Um, I forgot how much I really loved it and uh, it was really fun to see it and not have to pay for Substack. (laughs) So that was, that was great. Um, I also read this week sins of the black flamingo number one, which Steve mentioned at the end of last week's show. Um, This is just as ridiculous as he alluded to um, <laughs> last week. Uh, let me just pull up the creators. I forgot to write it down. Uh, the creators on this were uh, Andrew Wheeler. Uh, who's the r- artist on this? Travis Moore and Tamar Bon Um I First of all, I love the artwork. Really, really wonderful. Vibrant, bright, ridiculous, moody. It's fantastic. Uh, Sebastian Harlow is the black flamingo, a flamboyant and narcissistic thief who gets his kicks stealing mystic arts from the wealthy and corrupt of Miami's occult underground. So the book opened and I was like, okay, like it says occult underground, but he's just like, you know, cat burglar stealing things, right? Wrong. This stuff is actually magic. It's weird. It's crazy. The book takes a hard left turn at the end. Um, it's, 
every the if you if you take out every word from the title sins <laughs> the black flamingo like it's every all the connotations that those things would elicit perhaps particularly flamingo that is in this book and uh, i really really enjoyed it it was a ton of fun um definitely definitely going to be checking out this series uh for its entirety also a book that took a hard left turn and ended up being about actual occult things was the dark room, um, which is the first volume. It's a essentially a graphic novel here um, by Jerry Dugan, uh, Scott Buen Cristiano, also with colors by Tom Rabon Long. Uh, the dark room is about Dunya Mahoney. She is the curator of a private collection of extremely dangerous cursed objects and this dude comes to talk to her and is like, hey, I need you to find this cursed camera that takes uh, cursed images of things. Mm. And I was like, OK, this is like some Indiana Jones stuff. Like it's going to be she's going to be like, go on this like archaeological, you know, national treasure escapade to go find this camera. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. Uh, and then you turn the page and like. She, she sees that the guy who came to her is actually like this winged beast <gasps> of a demon. And I'm like, what is happening? This book took a turn. I did not know what it was going to be about. And then she's like, all right, I'll find your camera. She goes into the next room and she's like, hey, man, it's time to go on this journey. And her like partner is a literal skeleton in a tracksuit. Uh, who like is walking and talking and he dances and I'm like, all right, this book got crazy. It ends up being about like, she goes to like talk to the fairies in New Jersey to like help her. It is the book took so many turns. It ended up being this crazy occult, like bizarre adventure book. I, I loved it. And Scott and Cristiano's artwork. He's new to the business here. Really one of his first things here working with Jerry Duggan. Um, it was, he did a really, really wonderful job here on the art. Um, speaking of fairies, seven secrets, number 18, <laughs> Tom Taylor, Danielle DiNucolo. Where's my clean conclusion? Final issue, final issue here. I'm not going to talk about it. Cause I know we're going to talk about it together. Uh, secrets revealed. Uh, I'm going to miss this book a lot. I almost wish this last issue had been three issues so that we could get gotten to that even 20. I also think it could maybe could have used some of that space to tell Mm -hmm. some of the story. Um, But I really, really loved it. And I'm going to miss this book. I'm going to miss this book a lot. It was a ton of fun from beginning to end. Uh, Danielle DiNicolo's art is really wonderful too. Um, Really quickly, I just want to talk about Buffy 97, number one. I picked this book up not really knowing what it was going to be about. So then when I Googled what the book was going to be about, I got two conflicting stories about what this book was going to be about because originally solicited, it was going to be about, I was going to be by um, say anything's Max Bemis wow. uh, with art by Mariana Ignazi. Max Bemis has done some, you know, Marvel comics here and there too. So like, I know, you know, he, he could write, but um, he was going to do this Buffy book and it was going to be, here was the original solicit, but that Buffy show, A The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air meets Dawson's Creek-style teen drama sitcom is a perfect fit for the buster. It's all going well until the cast gets a taste of the supernatural when the audience totally vamps out. The Scooby gang is forced to learn actual slayage skills on the live television from TV Buffy to save their lives and, more importantly, keep the show from being canceled. Tap into some geeky joy with the celebration of the 25th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer by Say Anything Frontman Max Bemis, and you'll live and you'll be five by five. (laughs) I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then, like, I scrolled down, and it was like, Buffy 97, number one. 
by Jeremy Lambert what? with art by Marianne Ignazi. <laughs> in this special celebratory issue, Buffy Summers and Willa Rosenberg find themselves trapped in a 90s teen magazine. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> what? So between the in- initial solicit and the actual released copy that I read, uh, Max Bemis was no longer on the book and the original intention of Buffy 97 totally out the window because anything about a TV show and all that stuff totally gone. That's not what this book was about. Buffy and Willow get sucked into a, basically a nineties fashion magazine. And then there's a lot of commentary around like body image in there and all that stuff. And, and it, it was a fun one shot is, I think it's like 45, 50 pages. So it was a nice meaty story. The art from Mariana Ignazi was great. Um, but, 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 very different, I think, from from the what was originally intended, and uh, a lot of the commentary that I was seeing was like, it is so radically different that they, we wonder like when the switchover happened, especially yeah. since Mariana Ignazzi and uh, Christiana Kalita were the artists on both. So like, I don't know if they did the art first. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was a fun issue. Booms Buffy stuff has been really great throughout um some ups and downs here and there i'm a little bit behind on the kind of main series that have been going on um but but i wanted to check out this this one shot um all right very quickly before i let um the conversation around seven secrets go uh, i just wanted to mention that um steve and chris talked about uh um umbrella academy last week um i finished the season over the weekend it is a wonderful show uh, everything that they talked about last week uh, around Elliot Page's character was great, uh, really handled well. The cast is spectacular. The That is a show that is bananas and weird and eccentric, and it lives in that. Um, and anyone who kind of watched the first season and was like, oh, that was okay. Season two and three have just gotten better and better. The show has gotten weirder and more fun. I really loved really this season in particular didn't feel like it had any fat on it. It it really felt like a very clear, consistent storyline for all of the characters. We're now three seasons in, so they are so enriched into these characters and the final, the, the finale um, leaves on a very, very interesting twist. And I'll be interested to see if we, what we get, in the in Mm. in future seasons um stranger things i will say this about stranger things also finished that one this this uh weekend the final episode was two and a half hours long which is long for a movie let alone a tv episode um that show i am glad has one season left those children are 20 something years old now mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they have not time jumped in that show granted of course they had covid to deal with so so it is what it is but um that show that show is in my opinion starting to show started to show its age this season literally but also figuratively and i'm glad that they have an end in sight because i think that will lead to a very meaningful fifth season and that's what I got. There was something on Instagram that I saw. One of the characters, I don't know the show that well, but one of the characters having appeared on Fallon uh, mm-hmm. since season, season one 
and you have this like squeaky little kid, and now this like grown man plops in the seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Couch, and I'm like, wow, that's how long has that show been on? What's that show? They they did three seasons pretty consecutively when the kids were like 12, 13, 14, right? So they look. They were small. And then you fast forward two and a half years and now they're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And it's like you grow a lot in those couple of years. And uh, and it's they did not. And to to their credit, they did not say like, oh, ha ha ha. It's three years later now. The story continues. No. And that that seems to suggest to me that they have a very particular story that they're trying to tell and they're going to tell it and it'll be done next next couple of years or whenever whenever the final season drops um but yeah so seven secrets aaron all right no we got to go back to sins of the black flamingo first okay sins <laughs> of the black flamingo take, take me take me to miami take me to the tight pants take me to the bedazzled uh, uh domino mask so here's what i'm gonna say i looked at my books what books i was gonna read before listening to last week's episode and i bought that book sign unseen literally just when the first when the cover popped up on Comicsology, I'm like, "Yep, boop," and I bought it. I was like, uh, and then I read the the description. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in." I loved, and I saw you guys chatting about it, and I'm like, "Well, God, I gotta read it now." And you guys were chat in the chat talking about it. I'm like, "I gotta read it now." And what was so funny to me is as I was going through it, and I was hearing how blase he was about everything. I'm like, "Good God, I know this person." <laughs> I, I know I have I have been out with this person. We have we have you know gone to bars together. We have traveled. I I know this person. This is real. Um, it was just fun. I love the bright colors. I like the you know the the what's the word I'm looking for the the, the sort of acerbic attitude that he has. He, he hates the world, so he just doesn't care. Mm. He hates humanity, so he just doesn't care. But he has that dry wit um yeah i'm i i really enjoyed it i i really enjoyed it and i do it was interesting talking about taking a turn the entire the issue he was somewhat he i got the impression that we're going to see more of this he was you could see he was trying to be somewhat emotionally detached from everything but at the same time was very emotionally attached to some things um mm-hmm. uh you know his reason for helping you know, said, you know, clients and the way he reacted when the, the you know, the thing happened. I don't want to spoil um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the emotional, how, he, how emotional he was when that happened. And then the, for all of its absurdity, the kind of instigating case is incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. Like it is and mm-hmm. and historically relevant and meaningful. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this book has actually got something to say. He's doing a lot. It's doing a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had fun. All right. Seven secrets. <laughs> I really tried to push this book to the very end of my stack to read, but I couldn't wait because I was impatient. So I just went through and I was just like, I tell you what, sir. <laughs> I'm like, it's just not right for you to do this. And, you know, Mr. Taylor for you to do this to us, for you to get us all roped in, all into these stories, all into Casper and everyone else, the Queen of England and blah, 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 and then have this single issue of about 30 different twists and turns that I tell you, 
it's one of the few times that I will say, I think this issue paid off to the promise that it made in the previous 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I will miss this a lot. Um, with that said, I do not want to follow up. <laughs> I, I will say that because you know what? You can't go home again. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes things just need to be um, for you to enjoy them and for them to, you know, continue to maintain their meaning prequels. Um, I'm just going to say <laughs> you, you, it'll never be as good the second time around. And, and I think there's more of a chance of that happening with this because unlike, you know, when we have, um, you know, I'll go back over to, to the DC universe where we have far sector and I'm like, I never want far sector. I don't want to see Joe, you know, we know someone else is going to, someone else has written her multiple times since then. Um, this is a special world all its own. So I think we'll probably be able to sort of enjoy this. Um, I do see this. I, I have a feeling I mean, we may have talked about this, but I, I just have a feeling that Mr. Taylor is sitting in someone's office right now talking about how many episodes? Um, <laughs> what would you like? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can get a script to you by the end of the month, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know. I just really, 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 really enjoyed it. Every character mattered. Um, every character had an arc. It was not a, you know, winged you know, angel versus, you know, mustache twirling, mustache twirler. Um, everyone was complicated. Um, it also everyone, wasn't, it wasn't gratuitously violent. Nope. Like it, it was, it was a genuine kind of superhero fantasy coming of age story that was bright and funny and shocking at times. Um, it's funny. I remember when we saw the horses, the horse fairy angel things in Fairyland, and we were like, "Give us the spinoffs. Yeah, give us the give us the miniseries, the this and that." And I think I'm with you. I think that now that we're done with it, I'm like, how naive we were. We yep. didn't need any of that. We didn't want any of that. Really, what we wanted was this. We wanted a story with a beginning, a middle, and end that paid off. And and I, I agree. I think it did. I still stand by. Take me to twenty. Give me a little bit of space to breathe with some of this yeah. stuff, and and uh, but I'll take it. I'll take it because it was great. I really, really loved it. <sighs> Poor one out. <laughs> Poor one out. That's all I can um, say. Anything else on any of my stuff? Yeah, I gotta catch up on Umbrella Academy. I have no desire to watch Stranger Things. I'm sorry. That's all right. Umbrella Academy's fun. Yeah, I haven't watched it since season one. I definitely have wanted to catch up with it. Um, I have never had a desire to watch Stranger Things more than I did. I just it didn't connect with me. I don't know why. That's I, fair. You know, it's it's. I don't think. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not like. It's like oh, I hate that show. No, it just didn't connect to me. Well, it's sort of Paper Girlsy, right? Cross with X Files, kind of. If I'm going to the elevator pitch. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's, it's more. <laughs> So yeah, it's more, it's more like, uh, it's more Stephen Kingy than X Files. It's more it, you okay. know, and uh, yeah. Um, and by the way, we, we, like when, we're discussing doing trivia. I've got a great Stranger Things trivia question for when we do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it's like when it's like when JJ tried to do his uh, Spielberg stuff with Super Eight. You remember that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, which I I enjoyed Super Eight in two thousand and. 
eight or whenever that movie. I watched came out. it recently. It didn't hold up as well as I thought. It would oh, be, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, uh, it, it's the Duffer Brothers doing their best Stephen King kind of. All right. is, is what is what is what it is really. Um, it's. I'm not, it's not for everybody. It's a show. It's, it's like game of Thrones. Like people like try to guilt you into watching it. And like, when I said what I said, which was, yeah, I'm enjoying season four. I'm glad it's ending with season five. People were like offended. And I was oh, like, man. no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not liking the season. I just think the kids are getting old and they're not the best actors. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, and, and there's too many characters and like, you know, just pointing out things that took me out of the show at points and people were like deeply offended by it. And I was like, all right, whatever, man, it's fine. It's cool. Do your thing. Um, no, I've had friends. Okay. Tell, oh, you, you know, you not only need to watch, you need to buy all of them. Well, I haven't seen yeah. one yet. Why would I spend hundreds of dollars? Oh, I haven't yeah, even started yeah, yeah. yet. Side yeah. note, I had a friend who did that for Doctor Who. I got him to watch the first episode. He bought the entire series after Wow. Nice. He was hooked. Okay. But for the, in the good way. Yes, he was, okay. he was hooked. And now he's still, this was like, I don't know, eight years ago. <laughs> and now he's still What hooked. movie did I... I just watched Last Night in Soho. Oh, I, that movie was on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Matt Smith is in that movie. Yes, he is. He is awesome in that movie. Sport. Well, we won't do any spoilers here. Uh, he has a wonderful little arc. The whole movie's just a to me. It's Edgar Wright's most accomplished movie so far. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, yeah, I- so wonderful in that, and lots of surprises. It starts one thing. It's Georgie Girl meets. I don't know. The haunting <laughs> goes yeah, on in the middle. slasher flick. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It takes a lot of turns. Um, anyway, Matt Smith's much better in that than he is in that other movie. Yeah, it's Mormon time, baby. <laughs> All right, Bob, you ready for your lightning round? <laughs> well, look, I have to finish this off, so bear with me. Batman Catwoman number 12 by Tom <laughs> King, Clayman, Tomei More, Clayton Cowles was pretty good as a wrap up. Although a year and a half after the start, what should resonate as special just came off to me as well. I don't know. Pretty good. With the different timelines portrayed throughout with the, the run, I never quite coalesced for me. So this could have oh boy speaking of getting people mad this could have just as easily been a three or four issue mini focusing on the current selena and bruce of this universe whichever one this is and been much more effective uh, at least in my opinion and if we're talking about my opinion what's up with this cover <laughs> i i mean there is it isn't bat cat it's cat butt on like every pose that Selena is in. I mean, I know there are people like that. She is very pretty and all, but I mean, really? She's she's gonna need to see a chiropractor. That's all. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Um anyway, I took a flyer on Iron Cat number one by Jed McKay, Perry Perez, Frank DeMarta, and Ariana Parker. Maybe because of Bat Cat finishing up, or perhaps Look, my first glimpse was this awesomely cute Iron Cat armor cover by Scotty Young. I haven't read anything with the Black Cat, uh, Felicia Hardy, in years, so I don't know what's going on. I am way behind. I had a great time with this very fun, feisty adventure. There's some depth to it, too. 
And I think I'm in for issue two. And thank you to Long Island Comics for saying, hey, you should try this. Yeah, okay, thanks, Frank. Um, Shield number four, Rainbow Roll, uh, Luca Maresca, Rico Renzi, Joe Caramagna. Had a lovely day in the life vibe as we saw Jen work her way through the first meeting of her new informal fight club, take a lunch with Ben Grimm, deal with her office politics, all finished off with a walk and talk with the return from oblivion, Jack of Hearts. Rainbow Rolls really doing a really smart job here, a script really heartfelt as well. Uh, Luke Mariska's charming artwork really plays into this. So it gives you that story filled with what I want in a She-Hulk book is, is it's, it's cliche. I want heart and humor. It is here. I, I'm really loving what they're doing here. It's anything a great She-Hulk book should be. Oh, I'm going to throw a rumor out there. I saw a rumor today that Ben Grimm is going to be on the She-Hulk television show. <laughs> just I just see that somewhere. Saying, I saw that too. Don't know if it'll happen, but I think it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, quickly here, we have a Jessica Jones miniseries entitled The Variants, and that's by Gail Simone, Phil Noto, Corey Pettit. First off, do I need to say anything beyond those credits to tell you how cool this issue is? Heck, there's there's a, a whole sequence, a flashback, where Jessica is trying to buy some new lipstick before her wedding to Luke Cage, which includes a gorgeous two-page, two-page spread. It's one of my favorite things this year. And all it is is Jessica trying to buy lipstick. A big twist near the end. I'll try not to spoil, so I'll just keep this short. Jess is struggling with migraines to the point where she's passed out on the street. Lucky enough, Daredevil's just swinging by to catch her. Their encounter gives her the chance to re- him to remind her about a meeting. He's arranged with a client who has found himself controlled by Kilgrave the Purple Man. Uh-oh. I'm not going to say much more than that, except it's just so wonderful to read anything new by Gail Simone. You add Phil Noto. He's no slouch either. Loved, loved, loved this book. Can't wait to see the next one. And I sure hope there's a lovely trade coming with all the extras. I want to see sketches. I want to see scripts. I want I want DVD extras. All I'm saying. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I um I also saw that rumor about the thing and the She-Hulk thing and 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 you know knowing that the thing shows up in She-Hulk number four mm-hmm. oh, maybe that's uh, teasing a little bit there, um, I and I I would say there's no way, but given the fact that they pulled that fast one in Doctor Strange, yeah. I I anything could happen now. Do I think it's gonna happen? No, I don't. But I don't. I, I it, they got me once, you know, fool me once. Yes, exactly. I, yeah. So, so, so we shall see. I am more and more excited for that show. The more and more She-Hulk I read, I finished um, Slot's first volume. Awesome. And I'm I'm into the second volume. So I still got a little bit of a ways to go before Peter David takes over. Um. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to be done with that volume when the show comes out, because like I said, last time we talked about She-Hulk when the trailer dropped, I think, um, it feels like the show is drawing a lot from the, that set of runs, um, which is cool because I really enjoy the tone. I really enjoy the, the superhero law stuff. So, so we shall see. Um, 
the variance book. Uh, yeah, Gail Simone, Phil Noto, Jessica Jones. I'm into it. I think what I've decided with Gail Simone, I, I, I don't mean to blaspheme here, so don't reach through the microphone and scratch okay. my face off. I think that for me, I enjoy Gail Simone's stuff more in one lump than month to month. And I, I also think I feel that about about Phil Noto's work too, because his work is so is so decompressed and so like he takes up a lot of the page for his beautiful detailed work. Um, but I just I felt like I read that issue in like three minutes, and I was like I still don't know what happened, you know. Um, so I, I I I do agree with you. I think I want the collection. I want the miniseries collected. I love the character, and obviously the creative team is the creative team. Um, I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. I think my I think I've decided to to read it in a chunk as mm-hmm. opposed to month to month. That's how I feel. There's a lot of that going that's around how, in general. That's how I that's, that's how I feel, Bob. You're allowed to feel however you want. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of two pages of her trying on lipstick then? Oh, it was great. Okay, it was right. wonderful. <laughs> but but I was wondering, I was like, is this is this when the timelines depart? I, I that might be the other thing. Like I just don't I'm I'm still at the end of the first issue, I don't really understand the mm. physics. No, I don't think you're supposed to. Do, conflict. Do you remember, well, I know, do you, I, do you remember I, I how know the, the first issue of Clean Room ended? It was like, what just happened? Where am I at? Well, exactly. Yeah. And I read Clean Room in one sitting. I was able to be like, here we go. Yeah. Right. So at the end of the first issue, I was like, that was fun. And I love seeing Jessica Jones. I don't yet, like, I, I know what the series is about, <laughs> obviously, but I don't, I don't, I didn't get a sense of the the mechanics of this series yet. And with a five issue miniseries, I was like, I felt like I needed to get to some stuff sooner rather than later, which again, doesn't take anything away from this book or what it's going to be because trust that I have in these artists. I think it's going to be an awesome story. Um, so, so what'll happen is next month, you'll tell me how good issue two was and I'll be like, all right, I, I guess I I'll catch it. up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how it'll go. Um, Aaron, did you get a chance to read any of Bob's books? Yeah. So as I was reading variants, there was a point where I was sort of going through, and I'm like, wait, did they just reset? What's happening? There was like a certain point where you're just like, what happened? Did, where, where, hold on a second. Did I miss a page? I do remember scrolling back thinking something seems a little weird. So I was just like, oh, okay. So I was waiting for something to happen. Um, all the things you said about Phil Noto, I, I agree with. I've always loved Phil Noto. Actually, I think I first really got exposed to Phil Noto in some in in, in some major capacity during that Black Widow run. Of oh, his good a choice. While back, yeah. Um, I I will say I I don't have as much, even though I have the the Alias and Omnibus. I haven't read the whole thing. I haven't read it yet. I don't have a lot of experience with Jessica Jones in print. Um, the experience I do have is she's a sidekick. She's Nick Cage's wife. I'm not Nick Cage. Well, she could Luke be that too, but she's Luke Cage's wife. Luke Cage's wife. Luke Cage's girlfriend, rather. No, wife. Um, they're, they're married. Married with a so, child. So every time I see her, every time I've seen her, she's been holding Danny. She's been, you know, the mother waiting for who's who's out of the business waiting for Luke to get. You know, I haven't seen a character who's had her own life. Have you read the Kelly Thompson? 
Jessica Jones? I did not know. Oh, boy. Recently. I did oh, not. boy. No. I That's did not. a good that one. That was the one that was, uh, Purple Daughter. That, Purple Daughter. That was good. And so, oh, you know what was – you know why you didn't read that? Because it wasn't in print. print release first. They digital released only. And then did trades later. And it was like – so it wasn't like solicited. It was, it was really, you had to be like, look for it. You had to look oh. for the book and they did do the trades later. And I think they like re-released them like on comiXology and stuff, but you had to like seek it out, yeah. which was a bummer because I remember at the time being like, this book is awesome. And that's where I first saw Mateo. De Lewis. Lewis's oh, art, yes. Who, and that art is similar to Phil Noto, like very decompressed, highly detailed, highly stylized. But um, I was just like, why is it? Why is this book not being sold for five dollars a pop? It's like the it's like the milestone books at DC, and I'm like, why are these at DC Infinite Universe? Yeah, like point of free sale, right? They should they should be selling these because they would sell. They would move to a a new audience, to new readers. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, that's a that's a conversation for another time. But anyway, the 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 two page spread, Aaron. Did you you the the, where she? Oh yeah, I I loved it. Okay, did did you notice the one line? I'm 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 going to go spoiler. I don't care. Check out people if you you want a spoiler. Um. She's looking for lipstick, and, and the sales girl says, there are over 200 shades here, ma'am, and each one will make you a completely different person. Yes, okay, right. says Jessica, like, yeah. transport me, yeah. take me there. I yes. think we got something here. Yep. Because then the next, the transition, the, the caption box transition is black lipstick. Yes. And then the scene continues, and I'm like, something just happened. Yeah, right that's there. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There was something I was just like, wait. Why do I but feel like we just started a new I, uh, scene? And I don't, but I was still confused, and it, and it didn't resolve itself necessarily. So I was like, "All right, I, I get. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll see. We're gonna enjoy we'll it. See. I'm sure, and we will see. Yes, we will. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, I had a good time with it. I had a good time with it. I again, I, I haven't seen a lot of Jessica, and I liked seeing a Jessica who was allowed to have her own thoughts and her own dialogue mm-hmm. and her own, you know presence in the story so let's see what happens i'm i'm, I'm with i'd be honest with you this made me kind of want to go back and, and crack open that massive book i have in my, in my nerd room a- a- alias is one of my favorite things ever um marvel. that that one yeah that yeah that one uh they will not put it on marvel unlimited they will they will, they will not. not they will not um they uh that book though you're talking about jessica's voice I'm glad that that Bendis like mid 2000s like brooding noir narrative voice that he started with Jessica Jones has kind of it's still there for sure like kind of that kind of sauce um but I think there is now a bit more of the Kristen Ritter um mm-hmm sass to that mm-hmm. kind of noir mm-hmm. tinge and I, I i appreciate that i think the books are just a little bit brighter because some of that alias stuff can be downright depressing at times like it it goes to some really dark and heavy places um and uh the character has evolved really nicely since since her introduction back then find yourself some purple door to aaron's all i'm gonna say it's very good oh. um the Iron Cat stuff, 
is that the one with uh is is Hellcat in there? No. No. Okay. So then there was also that Iron Man Hellcat Wedding annual. Thing, this right. Past yeah. Week. That I didn't yeah, get yeah. to. This uh, again, I uh-huh. think he just had extra copies, is what it came down to. But uh, you look at the sure. great Scotty Young cover, and it just seemed like a lot of fun. I'm I'm all in for a heist. I'm a couple issues behind on um, Cantwell's Iron Man. I think I'm up to issue 18, and I think they're at like 21 or 22 or something like that. Um, I really enjoyed that. The, the run so far, it's very different. Um, it's, it seems to be going on in the background in a lot of ways. And the, the relationship with Tony and Patsy is weird to me, but in the context of the book makes yeah. a lot of sense. So I was surprised that they centered a whole annual around them. But yeah, no, this is different I'll probably from that. But that. look, I think you get, can have, look, Patsy married the son of Satan. So, so Tony's a step up maybe. Hey, the son of Satan. <laughs> David Hellstrom is a great character. I know. I, and, I have all the old books. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Anytime son of Satan shows up, I'm like, we're in for a party. Here we go. <laughs> his his yeah. open shirt with a, with a pentagram. His open yeah. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> leather, leather coat. Yeah. What was that Avengers one with bleed? Was he in that? Probably. Was oh, like a couple uh, years ago. Oh, um, Oh goodness! What was something it called? Avengers, not Savage, or something. Something Avengers. Something. See, was it, it wasn't. It wasn't Secret Avengers. No, it was. Uh, oh god! Oh god! Wade, and I think it had a Bucky. Yeah, the Myst- and, Mystic uh, Avengers. Who knows? Right? Yeah. What's uh, what's Wanda's son? The magic one, Billy. 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 Um, oh goodness! What was it oh, called? Gosh. I was going to hold on. Help us out here, folks. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. 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 It's going to bug me now. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Look, Damon has been around for a very long time. When, when the, the comics code brightened up in the 70s and they said, you can do horror again. And Marvel leaned heavily. You know, they had a book with Dracula. You bring in Blade. You've got Ghost Rider, Werewolf by Night. You, you All sorts of stuff going on. And okay, let's have the son of Satan. <laughs> That's okay. How, how sure. Many incarnations of Satan are there in the in the Marvel universe? I swear you. Seven or eight. I mean, really. I was just gonna say between him, between Doyle and Strange Academy, and the Fisto and Satano. Yeah, okay. Right. The book was called Strike Force. That's okay. And it was it was uh, Angela Blade. Yes. Yes, all of them. They were in it. it Teeny Howard did it. Monica Rambo was in it. Yep. And the book started. I remember this. The book started, and it looked like all of the members of Strike Force were like killing people and stealing like a virus. Yes. So then they had to go on the run from the real Avengers. But then they were like, it was that book was crazy. And it ended up only being like nine or 10 issues. It was brief. It was, it was brief. But it was bold. I'll give him that. <laughs> it was crazy. I was just like, "Am I literally reading Blade lead an Avengers team? What is what is going on?" <laughs> so to, yeah, to check those the out. Weirdness. Yeah. yeah, the weirdest collection between Angela and Monica Rambeau and then Hellstrom. And then Billy was like so, which is weird because in that he had like it seemed like he had no confidence where his magic was concerned. But now if you're every incarnation to read him now, he's just like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Jessica was in it. Spider woman was in it. And everyone was always like, Oh my gosh, like spider woman is in it. Is it a scroll thing again? Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that book was fun, Bob. You would like it. It, it was weird. It's a I've weird little, down. 
Yeah, yeah. Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard was on that Love one. Love us some Teeny. Um, yeah. All right, Aaron, you ready? Go for it, Aaron. Let's do this. Which order? <laughs> All right. Shaza, damn. All right, I'm going to start with my book. I'm going to go in a different order than I had intended, but, you know, we'll figure it out. Land of the Living Gods, three through five. Isaac Magahane, Santos, and David Sharp. Uh, just to catch you up. Dystopian world, albino girl in the leady, looking for what are known as the living gods. They are exactly what they say, living gods. They're magical creatures that live on the earth, and people look to them because superstition has led people to put their faith uh, in these gods, um, and more so in the people who can speak to these gods that we're seeing. Some parallels here. You figure it out. Follow along. Um, <laughs> Nalidi is somehow connected to them. She's able to, at times, see spirits. Uh, we learned this in the first issue. She's somehow able to see spirits, um, talk to them. They sometimes come to her aid, but she doesn't really have a relationship with them. Um, however, as I said, she is albino, and in the superstitious world, uh, she is seen as a magical creature. Um, check her history. She is seen as a magical creature, and as such, she is kidnapped, and she has value, and you know, finds herself in a little bit of a pickle. While in this little pickle... She happens to see one of those, um, what do you want to call them, uh, religious, uh, we'll just call them uh, a modern-day televangelist, uh, oh. if you want to call it that, uh, charlatans, whatever you want to call them, uh, oh, wow. putting on a little bit of a show. Um, and she sees something that makes her believe that she's closer to finding these living gods. She sees this character, Lutho, who essentially is killed on stage and look at that he comes right back to life so that off she now is to to figure out well how does she get to him how does she get to uh the living gods how does she figure out what her what her purpose in life is supposed to be she knows that she's different and then just begins this whole uh the last three issues are this sort of caper of her connecting with him understanding who he is understanding he understanding who she is change, uh, exchanging a little bit of their backstory um, amongst the backdrop of people who are struggling and suffering some inequities in the way people live. Like I said, we have these religious folks who are um, basically living high on the hog while you have folks that are sort of at the um, other end of the spectrum who are struggling to eat. And that leads to a lot of turmoil um, that she seems to get herself in the not involved in, but in the crossfire of. Um, and it's just a lot going on at once that I honestly believe is, is drawn from um, – you know, reality while at the same time putting a sci-fi twist on it. Um, I, again, I mentioned in the previous, my previous review, I think of the first issue, how there is a lot of genuine uh, speak pulled from a variety of different languages, slang, and they're always uh, pointed out through the story. So you know what the slang is drawn from and what it means. And so they, they use it a lot. And I really appreciate that. The art is, 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 Great. It was pretty consistent through all five issues. I really enjoyed this. Um, it's not a big superhero story. It's a quiet story. One of the things, though, that I was a little not put off by, but it gave you the um, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings ending. I'm like, all right, we've done this. We've had this adventure. Now let's go find those living gods. I'm like, come on now. I'm like, <laughs> I want to wrap this up. But, you know, I again, I still enjoyed it. Um, next. Milestone in history. Alice Rando and Stephen Barnes. Essentially, this is exactly how it sounds. Milestone does critical race theory, and I love it. So you got about nine – this is about an 82-page book. You got uh, about nine different stories all talking about um, – and it really starts off going straight into critical race theory and what critical race theory is and why they're going to have this – why they have this book and what they're going to talk about um, and why they why there are people – 
presenting preventing uh, discussion of history from being told. Uh, I'm sorry, African history being told. But what they do is they give you they don't give you nine stories of oppression, 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 slavery, oppression, but nine stories of incredible African descended figures and the things that they did across the ages. It wasn't about oppression. It was and it was really, really enlightening. And I, I definitely think if you're an educator, <clears throat> this would be a good piece of literature. To hand out, you have one, the first story is born in Africa, mother of the world. It really does trace back the creation of life in Africa. Uh, then the many queens of Sheba, talking about the different uh, the different tellings of Sheba's story. Um, you know, you will follow a great man. You have a story, um, oh, the I like this one, uh, the brilliant black Russians, Pushkin and his family of geniuses about Hannibal. Uh, we had a story about called Controversy about Prince. <laughs> and then you had another story about The Sky's the Limit about Man, uh, Mae Jemison and, and Bessie Coleman. And I really enjoyed seeing an opera, seeing black history, African history told in a way that and it wasn't meant to, to talk about oppression, but it talked about the reality of the time and it also talked about how people were able to do incredible things and how the origin of great things that we take take for granted today were not European. Um, so, you know, get on that. Uh, next book, Marauders 1 through 3. Here we go. <laughs> Steve Orlando. Steve Orlando. All right. First of all, no penis so far. Three issues in. But I guess editorial <laughs> has uh, a thing going on there. I didn't yeah, know what to expect. Issue, at least. Exactly. At least a four or five issue thing. Maybe the second arc. <laughs> so you still have Kate Pride. You still have Bishop. You have this team of of new marauders. Uh, yeah, I think you got um, Tempo. You have a, a couple of Dokken. You have a few. Um, what's her name? The one that was taken over by the other one. Whatever. You know what I'm talking Psylocke? about. Psylocke. Thank you. Psylocke. I'm losing it tonight. I think I need to caffeinate or something <laughs> um but it's a good team i i think what i've enjoyed about the teams is they put together they've been made of a people that you would never think to put together on your own remember we did that game a couple weeks ago um i really like this team though now the objective here is that kate pride found what some a cube that basically looks like it is in her handwriting and she but it was written millions of years ago um, so that off she goes to figure out what, you know, follow this mystery. This mystery leads them to this understanding or this discovery of um, the first mutants and how they could be being held somewhere that the Shi'ar are aware of. And now they're up against the Shi'ar and Zandra, all these things. One of the people they pull on this team, as I said before, is Ball Catherine Hepburn. I'm just going to keep saying it. Ball Catherine Hepburn, Ball Catherine Hepburn. I love her. She showed her behind <laughs> for the people at home who is bald Catherine Hepper Cassandra Nova oh see I, I, I would have gone right to Moon Dragon but okay no Cassandra Nova Charles Xavier's sort of sister if you call it that if you I don't know I, I read some of the history and I'm like is it really his sister though because that's weird I'm so far um, behind wow who knew oh this is an old school story apparently um, 2000 and 2003. That's way too Morrison. new for me. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, she is, but isn't. It's weird. Um, but she is a boss. Okay, 
long story short, well, too late, but the Marauders <laughs> find themselves up against the Super Guardians because of this massive secret that the Shi'ar must keep at all costs. Um, and even if that means upsetting their relationship with Krakoa, upsetting their relationship with Earth, um, and having to basically kill the Marauders. Ooh. An amazing battle happens. Cassandra Dova disappears. And then there's this whole spread of her doing her thing, which I read twice. Wow. <laughs> because I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I'm like, she is my new favorite thing. <laughs> of all things, she is my new favorite thing. It was, I, I don't know, maybe it was just my sensibilities. It was just fun to me. It was just a fun, it was fun to see Kate be so assured of herself still, uh, to be the leader, to have her own voice, to have all these people look to her as a leader and not to be in some sort of, I mean, even Dokken is looking to her as a leader. Wow. And she's not having to butt heads with anyone. It's like, she says it, they do it. She says it, they do it. That's it. She's the leader of the team. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this book. Um, some things happen at the end. Uh, something happens at the end of issue three, which spoiler is kind of undone in, in X-Men Red, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but at the end of issue three, there was a big cliffhanger and I don't know. I think it's going to have, I thought at the time it was going to have implications, but Maybe not as there are going to be implications, but maybe not implications in this story. There's implications in X Men Red, which I'll talk about later. Um, which leads me to my quick hits. I did have a couple of quick hits. Some I I, I basically spent the last week catching up on all the X Men stuff. Oh boy, that I had quick, been reading. Aaron, quick! Uh, listen, <laughs> this is going to be super quick. Okay, um, all the X Men stuff that I read. So X Men Prime, I give it. I, I upgraded from a C plus to a B plus. Really took uh, in the last three issues that I read. Really took a nice little quiet emotional turn. It was while at the same time having a really amazing story that focused on the females, all the women, um, uh, Wolverine, Polaris, uh, Jean Grey, and Rogue. And I thought that was such a perfect little Ocean's Eight story there that they had that showed that you know they are bosses and they don't have to have. Meanwhile, the guys were back at home having a, a quiet time with Ben Yurik. It was it was I thought it was a perfect split of the team and a perfect balance of quiet, you know, reconciliation of, of all the things they had done to get so far off path um, and sort of circling back around. So some, some things were revealed in that issue in those issues. So I say get on that X-Men red still by far the best one. I will watch storm all day long. Um, Immortal X-Men funny, sinister is still interesting. A lot going on with Irene. Um, X-Men Red, I give an A+. X-Men, uh, Immortal X-Men, I give an A-. Legion of X, I'm going to downgrade that to a C- because I'm not really understanding where this is going or what the story is. Um, Knights of X, surprisingly, I give a B. You know I love my Legion, but for some reason Legion of X has taken a very weird turn where it hasn't quite figured out what it's going to be yet, and we're a few a couple issues it in. It just started. A couple issues in, and I'm like, I don't I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to be looking at because they put too much... There's too much in one first issue, and then they double down and put too much in the second issue. I don't understand the question that is being asked of David. I don't understand exactly what uh, Nightcrawler is trying to accomplish. And then the whole, I don't know, there's just the whole thing with the Iraqi girl. I don't know. I don't, I, it's, I don't know where it's trying to go. I think maybe it's more so I'm annoyed because I just really want to focus on Legion. But 
that's where I am. That's my lightning round. All right. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, milestones in history sounds amazing. Yeah. I I wanted to pick it up. It was ten dollars, so I wanted to hear what you had to say about it first. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but I will definitely, 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 definitely be reading it. They hit us with like. Both companies hit us with like five different $10 anthologies oh, in God June. Damn. Yes. Um, all of them were worth it in some way or another. But at the end of the month, I was like, I just, I need to hear first, but I will definitely, definitely be checking that one out. Um, before. So you said, <laughs> so you said in the chat, Marauders is so wonderful. I'm going to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, damn it. I guess I'm going to read Marauders this week. <laughs> um, so I bought, I bought the one through three, the Steve Orlando stuff, and, but I was still two or three behind on the end of Jerry Dugan. Uh, and I know I didn't have to read it. Uh, and I really know that I didn't have to read it now that I've read them. So I went back on a Marvel Unlimited and I read, I think I had to read like 25, 26 and 27 or something like that. So I read them and I was reminded how much I really enjoyed the premise of that book and how much I really enjoyed the characters, but just how much that book lost its, how much the wind had gone out of its sails, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you will. Pun intended. It's a, it's a, Pun intended. I had to think about that one for a second. Um, it, it felt rudderless at the end. Stop, stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got to keep felt, going it, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt it, it felt rudderless. It felt like it was being weighed down. Something was like an anchor. <laughs> that was just like, yeah. A ship without um, a port, no, maybe. Yeah, a ship without a port. Yeah. It, it felt like it, it felt like it really lost a lot of steam at the end. And um, that one was unintentional. The loss of steam. That, that <laughs> mm-hmm. one was. Um, but it did, it did feel like it lost a lot of steam at the end. And those last like two or three issues of the Duggan run aren't be damned. Cause it was Phil Noto and it was, it looked great, but like they go to space for a couple of issues. And the last like four or five issues of that book is basically just like one character after another, just being like, I think I've had enough. And it and <laughs> like leaving the team. I'm done. And, and <laughs> And yeah, and it's just like I'm done, I'm done, and I was like, okay, this was fine. And then I read Steve Orlando Annual, which was basically Kate and Bishop, Kate really putting the team together, and I was like, wow, talk about new life! Like the mm-hmm. book just takes on a whole new energy, whole new team. And then I read one through three, and I just could not stop. Like I, I could not put it <laughs> I down. It. I, it, it is so funny. The Cassandra Nova stuff for me is very reminiscent of what Gillen has been doing with Sinister. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. here's a villain who is a villain and like has done like travesty upon travesty upon travesty, like a terrible, 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 terrible mutant character or rather non-mutant who is a mutant, blah, 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 blah. Didn't she kill um, like 16 million people or something like that? Yes. Wow. She was responsible for, she was responsible for, um, Genosha. The, the, yeah, Genosha, the deaths of all of yeah. the Genosha. Yeah. So so so, you know, now the book doesn't shy away from that, of course, but the thing is that the 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 promise of Krakoa is that all mutants are are one, right? So mm-hmm. villains and good alike. So in that sense, what Gillen has been doing with Sinister and now what Orlando is doing with Cassandra Nova is capitalizing on that very wonderful element of this Krakoan era, mm-hmm. right? 
what Zeb had, what Zeb Wells had done with Hellions kind of was, was part of that. And that's what made Hellions such a fun book. You had these yeah. villains who were trying to figure out if they belonged, but you see Cassandra Nova here and you see Sinister over in Immortal and you like for all of their quips and fun and like doing good things, you know that the knife is coming. Like, you know that bald Catherine Hepburn is going to come in there and be like, I'm going to stab you in the back, you know, like, bang, right? like you know, and, and it's going to cut. It's going to come. And like, there's a moment in like issue. Oh, it must be issue two or three where like something really dramatic happens and there's just like that one panel of Cassandra Nova like side-eyeing the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust you. I don't. But it's making for such fun and such drama in it. Um, I, I, big, I, you know, of course, I, I really enjoy Steve Orlando's work. I haven't read a lot of, uh, like, the, the more recent stuff that, Aaron, you've been so high on. Yeah. Like yep. the um, Commanders in Crisis stuff. and yep, all uh, that stuff. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. But I remember Martian Manhunter. And mm-hmm. I adored that book. Like, that book was quirky and fun and weird, but also had heart and character. And I loved it. I really did. So I think he's bringing a lot of that energy here to Marauders. I think it's a great book for him. Um, the art's fantastic. I said it a few weeks ago and I still kind of stand by it. Anytime the goddamn she are coming to the X-Men. <laughs> I about lose my mind. I'm like, I, I, if we never go back to Shi'ar space, I could not be happy. Like I am sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And this is as speaking as someone who like, it seemed like every X-Men book that I was picking up when I was getting into comics had to do with the Shi'ar in some way, whether it was the Claremont stuff or Brubaker had a huge Shi'ar thing going on in his run of the, of, of X-Men too. And I just like, I, I can't, I can't deal with them. They just roll in with their big hairdos and I'm like, I can't deal with you. I can't, I can't deal with you. And gladiator, like I've gone through so many gladiators at this point. I'm like, take your purple mohawk up out of this place. Like I am, done with you um so i'm 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 eager to see how this story goes um i think it's weird i think it's fun marauders i'm glad that you were raving about it in the in the chat because otherwise i would have just let this one pass me by yeah it's it really has i think you said it perfectly it has taken on a new life uh they literally just picked it up from where it was and don't get me wrong like you said before it started off the previous run started off great. You know, the promise of what they were going to do, the the mutants that they were going to help and get to and help, you know, ferry to, you know, Krakoa. But, you know, that mission sort of became sidelined because of all the other things that were going on. And it kind of began to feel out of place, to be quite honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. This, you know, them being out there on their own, no one's going to, you know, come and help them right now. You know, they, they have to exist and get by on their own. And they are just the oddest assortment. Uh, but I do notice they got plenty of psychics on that team. Um, I told you. Telepaths on that team. I told you. Yeah, you got to have you. a telepath. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just flipped from one to the next to the next. I'm like, wait, this is it? I literally went to Comics Island. You're like, wait, did I just not pick up four? Oh, crap. No, four hasn't come out yet. I really was uh, just really enjoying it. So I'm glad you like it. 
Oh yeah. Um, the, the Jerry Duggan run, like towards the end, they just kept saying like hellfire whiskey is so important. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? What is this? What? Like, it just, yeah, that, mm. that was a thread that was just dropped. I will say, I, are you, if you haven't caught up on X-Men, I do think X-Men, at least as the last three episodes, our issues rather, were really, really yeah. fun. Okay, really, good. Because really I fun. think I'm behind. I stopped. I not stopped. I I paused because mm-hmm. I obviously will catch up. I paused right when the Captain Krakoa stuff ended. Barely in there. Barely. Bar- it is it, relevant, but it well, that was it's. You can see where that was just a means to an end of what yeah, they yeah, had yeah, to. Yeah, and yeah. what happens there? The thing is, you won't see it in. You won't see it in. Um, Marauders, but what happens there will have to be incorporated into every other X Men story, and it is uh, because yeah. of what Scott and and uh, what's his name Sink do. Yeah, um, X Men Red. I, that yeah, that's the one that like you and John keep mentioning, and I that is the one that I feel guiltiest about not having read yet. Storm and Magni. I will say this. Storm Magneto did something this issue. I saw issue. I, it was on. Wow. It was on. That was on social media. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? Power to them. They uh, would be the two to do it. Yep. I was just like, wow. And what's his mm-hmm. name? Uh, Sunspot. He had this unbelievably clever, you know, the the unbeaten. What's your name? The, the Iraqi. Uh, Whatever, yeah, Kai, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that, the unbeaten. He found a way to beat her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was unbelievably quite. Well, he didn't beat her, but he used her. And it was amazing um, yeah. the way it happened. I, what's it, what's that up clever. to? Four? Four or um, five? Actually, let me check. I think it's four. I believe it's four. Yeah. All right. What I'll catch get? up with that one. X-Men Red is on my list. I'm enjoying Legion of X. I, I, I like Nightcrawler. I like Legion a lot. I did you read the Way of X and the onslaught yeah, revelation yeah. stuff? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying that it just seems weird, but part of me is like, uh, part of me is, and this is no slight against Sarah. Uh, love you, Sarah. But Cy Spurrier writing it, I'm like, you know, those Brits, they're doing something weird over there. <laughs> like, there's, there's the way that they structure Kieran Gillen, you know, the, the, the immortal X Men stuff. Like the way those stories are structured and the way they kind of jump over some things and pattern their, their stories, it's always just slightly different from the kind of American mode yeah. of storytelling. So I always just put a little when like I see Cy Spurrier or Kieran Gillen on the title, I'm like, or Peter Milligan or something, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna let you kind of, I'm gonna let you kind of do it right whereas like tom king like he's just like oh there's no rules ha, 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 no sequence to my story at all you know like uh r- r- rough cut rough cut rough cut jump cut jump cut i'm just like no bro like you need to like this yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just kidding i'm just kidding um, no, I'm not. um yeah. knights of x has never been on my list of things you know if you here's the thing i will say about it i didn't know what to expect i only expected to jump into the one and sort of give it a shot it basically Here's what I noticed has happened. They have drawn very clear lines between some of these X-Men units. So you got Marauders who are out in space. Um, not a quick thing where they could walk through a gate and get you know back there out in space. They're they're literally at one point they were floating in space. Um, Legion of X, I'm sorry, Legion of X, um, Knights of X 
has done something similar. It sort of broke down all of the stuff that we had seen, all that pomp and circumstance that we had seen during Swords of X, or X of Swords, rather, um, and sort of shifted things. You know, the heroes didn't win, and now the heroes are, are on the run, and now the heroes are trying to figure out what's what. They, they, they've got to, you know, find, for all intents and purposes, the Holy Grail, um, and there's only a few of them that can can do it, and they got this. They they were able to. Betsy was able to bring a few more over into other world, but they they cannot go through that gate. So they're they're essentially trapped there. And you know there was a a sacrifice that was made in the last one that I did not see coming. Um, and it's just sort of it's it's. I think there is something about removing that safety net of being able to leave whenever they wanted that added a new dimension to it. Um, and now again, and now, and also this is answering the, the questions of, or, or answering the call that we thought was going to happen with Excalibur. And that is Betsy is captain Britain. Betsy is captain Britain. There's no, well, is it her brother? Is it, is it, is it her? Is there this line that's being drawn? No, she is in charge. She's leading. And there's a little tension, a little sexual tension between her and Rachel, which is interesting to me, but um, yeah, it's a little, something's going on. That's why I asked the question in the chat the other day. I was like, what, is there a history between these two? What's, what's going on? Because there's definitely something happening. Um, it's adding dimensions. So I, I, yeah. that's, I think why it, again, I think everything literally just rebooted, um and got good again yeah so yeah that's where i am with it well you know when it lost steam when they tried to cross them all over mm-hmm. during that hellfire club stuff that yep. that's hellfire club not hellfire club hellfire gala. gala ended up being a really big detriment for most mm-hmm. of the books right yep. um because it really cut into the momentum that a lot of them had started with it annihilated sword like that book went mm-hmm. nowhere which ended up ended up being good but ended up finishing um x-core was dead in the water oh, you God, know I forgot all about um, that. yeah i just got all these nautical <laughs> puns going wow, on look at you. Dead, dead in the water it's just it's just it's just coming to me right um like a tidal wave uh yeah, like a tidal oh, okay. wave. It's really great. <laughs> now you, uh, now you. So, <laughs> um, but that, and it was this time last year because it was over the summer, right? And Marauders, that Marauders got killed by it because once Hellfire Gala went through Marauders, the book ended up being about nothing. Like, yep. and and it killed X Factor. X Factor ended right after that. So it, it took a little while, but yep. it seems like finally the Xbooks are finally um, remember, catching back up again. Remember when Emma and Kate beat the snot out of um, was this Sebastian? Sebastian? Yeah, that's where I was just like, this is a pinnacle of what I want to see in the comic, and then it kind yeah. of just never delivered on that promise again. Yeah, that was like Marauders twelve. It it really it, it got so muddled in so many things. It spent a lot of time with trying to figure out. Was Kate alive? What was happening? Blah blah blah. Why why couldn't she be resurrected? All these things, and so it sort of lost steam of what the mission was. Essentially, mm-hmm. there was no reason to call them the Marauders anymore. 
mm-hmm. because they weren't doing anything associated with that mission. But this, this, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, they're out they there. are marauding. They, they are out there. <laughs> they are space marauding. And you know what? Thinking about Orlando's kind of motifs, I would look at the spaceship design. Oh yeah, see see how you see are. See if it's hmm. uh, see if that's a little uh, phallic, huh, as yeah. the kids say. Uh, I'll, I'll wait, I'm pulling it up now. My like, hmm, little I'm little bulbous on the on the tip there. Hey, uh, you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never he, know. He may, be, he may be hiding it and editorial can't find it. He may be slipping it in there. Watch oh, it. Watch we're it. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna move on for the kids at home. All right. Well. <laughs> That's uh, that's all. That's all I got. I mean, is there anything else on the agenda for today? No, no. I'm not seeing good. anything here. Uh, except for our books. Except for our books for next week. Yeah. Uh, books for next week here, Bob. Poison Ivy Two by G Willow Wilson. We have Nubia Queen of the Amazons Number Two. Jane Foster, The Mighty Thor. Saga Number Sixty. That's, that's it? it? That's wait a, a minute. That's it, a lot for Bob these days. Yes, it is. Wait, is it, wait, did you say Captain America? Oh, that's right. Sentinel of Liberty is it supposed to be this week. Yes, it is. Is it coming out this week? I, you know? It's not on one store's invoice, oh. so we'll see what happens. Good. I was going to say, like, that's... Uh, oh, okay. Then maybe my list is not accurate. But I was going to say that... Uh, it was so nice that um, they got onto a cycle now where like Sam would come out one week and then Steve the next week. But I guess that's not Could true. Could be, I'm uh, hoping, but we don't know yet. That's why I didn't mention it. I also got Saga number 60, Closet number two. That's that James Tynan book that scared the crap out of me last month and totally worth checking out this month too. Starhenge, the first book here. Um, Liam Sharp's new graphic novel series at image i might check out that texas blood 15 once in future 27 black panther number seven legion of x number three aaron <laughs> apparently won't be reading i'll definitely be reading don't come for me <laughs> uh excellent number five sorry the excellent number five um evidently strange academy number 18 is that that's that's a thing wow. is that real is yeah it? that's the thing steve well uh, steve put it in the chat actually as well yeah. yeah, I thought we were done. No, no, we, I think we had we at some point we read that they had one more or something coming, or oh, at okay. least another. One coming. So then, are we done after this? I think maybe. I think uh, you know. Actually, no, we can't be. No, 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 no. we can't be. I think it's going to continue. I think he he did a bamboozle of us, you know, with the, in the back of the book, making us believe that it was done. But I think it's actually going to continue. Oh. oh. Oh, he bamboozled us. I think us. he bamboozled us, if I'm remembering correctly. I remember reading it, and I was just like, I got choked. Um, All right, the solicit uh, here, <laughs> the solicit here, Strange Academy number 18. After this issue, things will never be the yes. same at Strange Academy. That's oh. what I had. But there is no 19 solicited. Uh, They're bamboozling know. us. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I also got Monkey Prince number six, Joker number 15. There's something wrong with Patrick Todd, which is from Ed Brisson and Gavin Guidry for Aftershock. And oh, wait, I forgot the big one. Dark Crisis number two, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to the great darkness. <laughs> Without Black Adam. Um, let's I hate Black Adam. Oh, we're, we're clear. I guess is it my turn? All right, now? Aaron. What do you got? All right. Again, there's a pool, but there are some things in this pool that are a lock. 
Dark uh, Crisis number two. Dark Crisis number two. Strange Academy number 18. Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, because I read the first one and I loved it. Uh, Once in Future 27. And the last thing that is a lock lock. And I almost peed myself when I saw it. <gasps> Prodigy, the Icarus Society. Mark Millar. <laughs> I loved Prodigy, that first uh so what is it maxi series if you want to call it that i thought mm-hmm. i think i talked about it on the show a couple of times i might have been doing one of our best ofs mm-hmm. loved 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 it so the other ones that are in the pool saga 60 uh legion of x number three multiversity teen justice number two nubia two uh shadow service 13 and project superpowers and that's it cool all right well does anyone have any final questions, comments? Uh-oh. No, I am. I think we're done. I got a little okay. something. Uh-oh. Made a I wanted to end with it instead of starting with it because I think y'all did a very wonderful job last week. But I wasn't here last week, so I want to say something. Um, so I just want to say that I listened to and I love the show that, that everyone put out last week. Um, the joy and the humor in the talking comics ish section of it. And Chris's addition to the episode worked hand in hand with the passion and the rage that you started with, as you discussed the very real, very terrifying things happening in the country right now. Um, and we got more terrible news this past week from another shooting coming out mm. of the Chicago area in Highland park and protests around yet another police shooting of a black man in Jalen Walker and Akron and the continued travesties coming out of the last two weeks of Supreme court decisions. It's scary as Chris pointed out last week. And if it's just feeling scary for you now, know that it's felt scary for some folks for a very long time. And I know that my first instinct at each piece of news that came out was like, Thank God I'm in Jersey where like we just Mm -hmm. passed more gun laws Mm -hmm. and we codified abortion. And it's like, but, but I also know that that's not fair because that is a very privileged place to be. And I think listening to the show last week and, and, and listening to my friends around the country has, has really been a lot. And, um, I don't know when it's not going to be scary, but, um, I do know that, I was listening to the show last week and I was very proud of the show that y'all put out. I'm proud to be on the show. Um, And, you know, I, like everyone said last week, will continue doing what I can. Um, The solution is so much more than just voting, by the way, Uh, because the system is broken. The solution comes from us, the people rising up and saying, no, we don't want this. I wanted to make sure that we got a full show in here before doing that, but I just wanted to make sure that it was said that I really was very proud of the show that y'all put out last week. It was, it was really great to thanks. listen to. Thanks. And awesome. thanks for being part of it all the time. And what you, the passion, what you just said is obvious. So thank you, Joey. Yeah. I have shared your exact same thought, you know, here you said it perfectly. I live in the district of Columbia um, where I can, you know, say, well, well, you know, it's not, you know, thank God I live here because of blah, 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 blah. But, you know, those walls are not always so no. so thick, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. you can be shielded or, sh- you know, or sheltered from things happening right around you. So because all you need to do is drive a few hours in one direction and the world changes. And, and it doesn't so. take much here in New York. We have a gubernatorial election this year. And. Mm-hmm. One of the choices is someone who voted to overturn the election after the riot. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you have it. <laughs> Great. I 
don't think he can win, but you you know you don't know, and he's pledged to overturn the the rules about abortion here in New York. Yep, there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. And with that said. We have reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us comments or questions through our email podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. We're also on Twitter, at TalkingComics. Um, soon, I swear to God, soon, that website will be up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it will be there for you. Um, Bob, where can our listeners find Old you? Old-fashioned email, which doesn't require a website. Bob Ryer at nice. TalkingComicBooks.com. I am at Joey Buccino. Aaron? At Paul Catherine Hepburn. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> at Aaron J. Amos. Uh, John is reachable at, I believe, the Pony Express still delivers up to <laughs> the, the great white north. The snowy tundras of Minnesota. Um, no, he's at John P. Burke. Not is it John P. Yes. Burke? Yes. Lord. Yes. And Steve is at dead underscore anchorus. Um so short and sweet this week, but you know what? I'm hosting. That's how it goes. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. So for Bob, Steve, we miss you. <laughs> Aaron. Hashtag bald Catherine Hepburn. Make it real. There it is. <laughs> Times are what they are. So please reach out and be excellent to one another. Um, until the next time on the Talking Comics podcast to be continued. Do, 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 do.